You're listening to the Prime Culture Podcast, the young adult culture of abundant living faith setting with Cruz Ramirez and Mark McGaffin. My people, Prime people, welcome back to another edition of the Prime Culture Podcast. We are knee deep in season three. My goodness, you guys are just experiencing culture night, worship night, and oddly enough, we've been talking about worship. We're here in the studio-ish with Pastor Cruz. <laughs> and of course, for the very first time, long overdue, we have Pastor Ezra in the studio as well. Oh What's my gosh. Hey, Ez, thanks for jumping in with us today, bro. You just jumped off a plane from our central Texas location out there doing some really fun stuff. Yeah. And you came straight here to record this podcast because you care so much about Prime Culture. I do. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, we love you, man. Awesome. And so listen, you guys, um, this one is a little bit special. Spicy. Yes. This one's a little bit special. And so usually we've got a nice little setup for it. And like we are able to segue in because we're professional. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're something. <laughs> yeah. We're something. <laughs> we are something. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we actually didn't even realize that we had hit record on the equipment. And um, we're just going to jump right into a conversation that our microphones picked up. Um, I think this one's really, really going to bless you guys. That's brilliant, man. Um, you're going to have to go back and listen over and over. I really mean that. You're going to have to listen to this a couple of times. Yeah. And I recommend you listen to it once, and then you come back and you listen to it with a journal and a pen, and you take notes. Yeah. And I need you to go do this. I need you to follow Pastor Ezra Jurado at Ezra Jurado, J-U-R-A-D-O, on Instagram, LinkedIn, MySpace, <laughs> Facebook. Don't mention any bad ones. Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Don't do it. And if you're not if you're not if you're not following the one and only Mark McGaffin at Mark McGaffin, hey. follow him at follow us at this prime culture. Anyway, I'm so excited for you to hear this. Let's jump right into the conversation. <laughs> hey, let me tell you about the time I almost punched Chris Lugo in the face. Has he told you about that? I He's, think I was there. Did he walk oh, up? Oh, were you and, there? Yeah. Did he walk up and scare you? Bro, it, it was, was like four in the morning uh, before the drive this year. And we were, I think it was our third day. And uh, I, it had to have been about four in the morning. It had to have been. And we were all walking to, to clock out. And me and Cruz are coming back. And Chris and Dave are sitting in the auditorium as we're walking through. And he scared Pastor Cruz. Yeah, that's... And my response... He almost caught my my flight or flight is I, I fight and I, he almost got he almost got punched in the face, dude. Dang! <laughs> I usually jump back and like assess, like because you know everything on this distance. You put distance between, yeah. and and usually it's like that's what saves me. I don't swing first because I would have punched my wife a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> dude, <laughs> like, like legit, she she has a gift for just like. Get up in the night to oh pee, my gosh. and then bam, surprise. And welcome to the Prime Culture yeah, Podcast. Back. <laughs> Season three. So let's clarify what we're talking about right now, because I think this is a really valuable conversation. I love where we're at. Let's clarify what we're talking about, right? So like, is the concept of worship, is it, does it require, quote unquote, weirdness? Does it require, quote unquote, moments of sensational emotion? Does it require, um, okay, I'm going to say it this way. Does it really take all of that? Right. Um, or can it be seen in normal day to day? Right. <clears throat> so I love what you said, bro, where God does not create 
division. God doesn't create these pockets where some people can actually say, oh man, I'm, I'm deeper. I've got, I've got, I'm more in tune with God, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, I love I love something that you said that God will do things for you in in personal contact, personal right. relationships. So I'm thinking of like when he would heal when he healed the lepers, right? And or yeah, when he would heal a leper, or I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank on other moments where he would heal. But so in in close proximity and in personal interaction, he heals him in personal interaction. But then he says, now go present yourself to the priest. Now, now go to the mass. Right. Now go to, well, not like mass, like <laughs> like Saturday <laughs> afternoon mass, but like go to the masses, go to the institution. Yeah. Show yourself there because there's also parameters. There's also Order. a framework there that is going to dig, that's going to dig, like Jesus did something for me, right? Like, oh, I love this. Jesus did something for me in a personal context, right? But, but there's still something about me belonging to the greater the, the greater collective that he go, he tells him go and the priest will declare you clean. Right. 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 And so there, there is something about like, man, Jesus is doing something for me in this personal, in, in this personal space. That's very supernatural. That's very mystical. Absolutely. Yep. I've had moments, right? Like where, um, okay. So I'll share, I'll share like kind of like a, like a mystic moment. I remember, um, one time vividly where, I'm gonna sound super deep, but like I, I just went, I just went to take a moment of prayer, right? Um, literally lit a candle, and since then I've not lit a candle. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a candle, a candle to like. You know, uh, I don't. <laughs> I should. <laughs> I should have built a shrine. Were right? you doing <laughs> Was it a seance? What are you doing? No, dude. So I literally yeah. built a candle, right? Uh, not built, but lit a candle. And um, were you humming? About no, I, <laughs> I wasn't. I'm I'm I am convinced, and I know that I was not asleep. But I get up about six seven hours later. Oh wow! The candle is all the way down, right? Um, and I'm like, what the heck just happened? And it felt like minutes. Mm. I don't have an explanation for it, right? And there are some things in in that moment of prayer that that God. Um, I've never heard the voice of God audibly, but that God just kind of like that are have stuck with me, that like yes. you know promises. Set some things right. In order. Absolutely, yeah. he's he's he spoke some things into me that to this day I'm watching them play out. Right, mm-hmm. um, there it was very profound, and there were things even as as a pastor today that I reference that moment. Right, so I lead today with certain expectations in this world, in this construct, from that personal moment. Yeah. Right. So I think there are there are special moments that some people would consider weird. Yeah. And I wonder if that's why Jesus said, "Hey, don't tell anyone what happened." Exactly. And and here here's where I find I find it hard, right, with today's culture and worship. And I'm not throwing stones. I'm just talking honestly to the people of Prime Culture. Like, I think that when we've set so much of standard of like people that have a special gift, right? They're like somebody that has a bigger platform. That's not a mistake, platform for gifting or calling. Somebody has a bigger platform means that we belittle the, the guy down the street that has a smaller church, but he's still leading worship. She's still leading worship, wow. right? And I think what happens here is this is nothing new to the church. Paul talks about it in Colossians. He warns them. He's, he's literally in prison. He's writing in prison for a purpose, to talk to the church of Colossae and say, hey, guys, a heresy has entered into the church. There is a... a a select group of people who say that they have a fingerprint on mm. God, that they have a special insider knowledge, mm. that they have a special gifting, a special 
more knowledge, and it's this exclusivity in the church. These, this group, this heresy enters the church of Colossae to try to alienate, to try to subject and split and say, we're special, mm. we're elite, follow us. And then Paul writes and he says, guys, don't forget that that's not the truth, that the gospel, you've been set free by the knowledge of God that came into your life. Jesus is the, the supremacy of who he is in your life is what makes us all special. Jesus Absolutely. came for all. Absolutely. And he says, don't forget that the mystery that's been hidden for the ages and that has now been revealed to you is Christ in you. And that's, that's the mystery. Look, someone has a bigger platform. It doesn't belittle my gift. It just means God's given that person a bigger platform. But me leading my church every week, me leading myself in my life, I don't need to have person X lead me in worship to, 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 to worship God. Wow. I can worship God from where I'm at. Wow. Don't allow that, that thought to come in that there's only a select few that you have to write songs, you have to have a huge platform, you have, your Instagram has to be huge for you to be able to have a significant impact in your circles of influence or in your church. No, I love it. It's not exclusive. Jesus Christ is in us. I love and it. that's the mystery. That's that right there. That's you just, the mystery. You just hand, hammered it right there. Christ in you. This is, the, what Colossians says it, Paul says it, I love how you said it, the mystery that was hidden for ages that is now revealed in us, Right? Um, it does not get deeper than that. Try to wrap your brain around it. It does not. It does not. Right. And so we can, we can, we can pray for gold dust and we can pray for pixie dust and we can pray for whatever dust, yeah. right? Like Tinkerbell yeah. fairy pixie dust. Right. But like it, there is no sense of mysticism, supernatural experience. There is nothing that is going to be greater than the revelation that the living God because in chapter one of Colossians, he says, in Christ, we see the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of many. Yes. Right. Um, he is all, yeah, like, yeah, all things were made by him and for him and through him. All things consist and hold together. Yes, man. Find their place. Yes. So you're, you're looking for purpose. You're looking for meaning, truth and meaning. It That's begins not with this huge mystical thing. It begins with the beauty that Christ the beginning us. and the end, the alpha, the omega, the way is this the truth. The life, the life is that Christ is in you. Right. It will not be deeper than that. And here's what culture tries to do to us, right? Like this is what, if we're not careful and we don't guard our hearts, it, so much of, of, of worship has been sensationalized because the truth is that our, our flesh. Hey, can, and, you, can and, you pause real quick? And yeah. can, you, can you tell us what that means? Can you tell us what sensationalized means? I think that sometimes people that come to church, if, if they're not wowed by talent, if they're not wowed by their favorite song, mm. If they're not, if their favorite personality isn't leading, then they shut down, and they miss the point of the gathering together and worshiping. Uh, I think that in our conferences and stuff, like we, and there's nothing wrong with it. I want it every time, right? But you know, it's like we feel like we can just conjure God up, and like He's He's that He is He is obligated to move the way we want Him to, and hmm. so we put God in this context of what we want worship to be how we want to worship him. And we say, okay, God, now move and do your little song and dance. And we, you know, he's like a little monkey that we just wow. clap And God doesn't work that way. Here we go. God I want doesn't you to take work a note. that way. God is not a little monkey. He's not. That does tricks for us. He's not. To entertain us. We bring him down to the level of our human experience, of our fleshly experience. Wow. And God doesn't move there. He's a spirit. He needs to be worshiped in our spirit. And it, regardless if the worship team's on fire that night, regardless yeah. if they stink, 
And look, I, I'm, I, <laughs> I want the worship team to do good every time. The truth <laughs> is, we're human. Wow. And yeah. we're not all going to bat. What's a good batting average? I don't even know. I don't know. 750. Yeah, we're not all going to bat. 500 is a good batting average. Yeah. Five, yeah. You know, and, and even we're not going to make that happen. But God can still be worshiped. And, wow. and I Beautiful. can still be sitting in my stand having a great exchange with God. Beautiful. And God can move in my life. Beautiful. If I don't bring him down to the level of my fleshly experience. And I understand the true power of worship. Here's my definition of worship. Worship, very simply, and it's, I mean, simply is the revelation, the, the, the direct result of a revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. So that's when Jesus is revealed to you, that's the rock the church is built on. My direct response is to worship. And so if you want to be a great worship leader, if you want to lead people to life and lead them to Jesus, then reveal Jesus. Wow. Just reveal Jesus. Worship Jesus. Once Jesus is revealed, the Bible says, where he be lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. But so many times we put the burden on ourselves that we have to do our shuck, our jive, that we have to do all this stuff, the sounds right, the lights right. And look, all that stuff really bothers me and it's not right. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, we lift up Jesus and he does the drawing, not us. Hmm. He's the one that draws people to himself. Hmm. But when we're on stage and we're making it about other things, or if I'm in the congregation and not focused on lifting up Jesus and not understanding that in a moment of surrender, I truly can connect with the Alpha, with the Omega, with the mystery of who he is. Mm -hmm. And he can set all these things straight. And it doesn't really matter about a song. It's not about a song. It all helps. It's about me understanding that I have to put myself down and put him above. Yeah. Because when you think about it, again, Corinthians 13, right? Paul says, when I thought like a child, I acted like a child, I reasoned like a child. Right. But when I became a man... You know, and, and he talks about that I, I saw in part, I knew in part, and it really comes down, the whole chapter is about love. So when we move away from our experience and we move it to about our love for Jesus, right? right? We can love him, he first loved us, right? So we accept that love, we love him. Then worship doesn't become bound about my feelings, it's about my conviction. It's yeah. about my believing. <clears throat> yeah, it's absolutely. about I know who absolutely. I, I knew who absolutely. I worship. I'm worshiping. I feel like junk. I feel like crap. Yeah. I don't want to worship. My life's in shambles, whatever. But I know that if I worship him, if I, if I surrender, if I fall down, things are going to change. He's yeah. going to move in my life. And so it's about a maturing. That's, that's literally what I was going to say It's right maturing. Now. Yeah, it's, it, it's a progression, right? When I start off young in worship, I'm chasing that feeling because yeah. it's so addicting. And that's what's beautiful yeah. about God is he draws us in through our emotions. Yeah. You know, he draws <clears> us in <throat> through our souls, mind, will, and emotions. He brings us in through <clears> there. But then the shift has to happen in us that it gets into our spirit and that it becomes about the revelation. It becomes about the fundamental foundation that he is the son of God. Right. He is Jesus. And what's Christ revealed, right? I, you and I were talking about this today. I, we were, we were, we, were te we texted Mark, you and I, oh, yeah. um, and you know, Jesus said this, you'll love the Lord, your God. And Moses said it also in Deuteronomy, yeah. the gospel say, you love the Lord, your God. Watch, here's the progression. Love him with your heart. So the first place that's going to respond is your emotion. It's going to be a, your heart, soul. It's going to be a soulish response, right. your emotions. But then you love them with your strength, effort, mm -hmm. right? An actual, an actual response, a behavior. Action, a, corresponding right? action. action. Mm -hmm. And then with your mind, your understanding, understanding. your rationalization, right? Where my, my mind now, my, my emotions have a sense of feeling, right? My mind has an awareness of who he is. Yeah. My mind has... Paul said it this way, right? He said, I'm persuaded, 
right? I understand, and not only do I understand, I am convinced to the point of no return. Right. I am persuaded that neither life nor death, right? Okay. Um, and so I think that there, therein lies a really beautiful progression. I love how you said it, man. Like there's, there is, there is a, a little bit of a growth arc, right, to it. Yeah. And Jesus taught it. The Scripture taught it, right? This is how you love God, and and worship is love expressed, right? Pastor Mark taught. Um, shout out to to Prime Youth, right? Like Pastor Mark talked brilliantly last night on the West Side it's on beautiful. this that that worship is love expressed, Correct. right? And so we do express. There is a place for a heart response, a yeah. heart expression. God, this is how I feel about you, right? And then there's a place for heart and soul. There's there's a place for strength, right? Like here, to me, strength is believing. Here's what I believe for you. Here's a, it's not just feeling. It's like I'm leaning in. There's actual like a of resistance. We've been talking about joining the resistance, right? And the yeah. word resistance literally means to exert force in opposition to something, right? So my strength, when my strength is required, it's because I'm pushing and I'm exerting force against something, right? So my love expressed, my worship expressed is when I exert force against things that may not be true, etc. It's good. And then my mind is not only do I feel God, not only do I believe God, but I also know. I know that I know, mm-hmm. right? And so worship is found in all of them, right? That's beautiful, man. All of it. I yeah. love that. And I mean, I think what happens to so many people, we get disillusioned or we we have a distaste for worship because it leaves us empty mm-hmm. because we don't understand what the meaning of it, what it's supposed to be. And like, I, I say this all the time. You guys have probably heard me say it a million times since you've known me, but it's the truth. We were all created to worship Jesus, right? And when our time on earth ends, you're not going to be a pastor. You're not going to be a father anymore, right? But you're going to go to heaven, and what are we going to, we're going to worship God. That's, that's what we were created to do. We were created to bring him glory. And sometimes we think worship has to be an exchange of song or music. Hmm. But the truth is, is that when we come into church and we also just think that it's my time to express my love for Jesus, and, and when we gather together at church and that's the only time that we're expressing worship to God, we miss the whole point. Hmm. Because worship in the public gathering in church, when we get together, that's the overflow. That's the, that's the culmination. That's the climax of, of the week spent in worship and well-lived before God. So that when we get together in church, there is this huge explosion because, you know what I'm saying? We've been practicing. We've yeah, been absolutely. doing this naturally. And the love just comes out naturally. But what happens so many times, in my opinion, is we get to church and we're having to, like, rev the engine <laughs> You know, go through the first song, second song, and then hopefully by the third song, we've hit a, we've hit a stride because we've gotten everything aligned in us, ready to go, right. rather than spending time every day and just, you know, giving God his rightful place so that when we gather together, there's a powerful worship. Hey, youth groups, worship teams, young adults, churches, if you want to have powerful worship, teach your people to worship God at home. Teach them that it's not an experience that just happens in the four walls, but that it's an extension of an everyday walk with God and a loving and a knowing him. So that when you get together, it just, it's automatic, you know? It's the easiest thing. You see it re- resembled in your kids, right? When they get it so quickly and so easily, their natural response to when we're worshiping is just to surrender. They do it so simple. They're not, they're not worried about songs. I mean, my kids worship to the weirdest songs sometimes, right? <laughs> like old school songs that I like and stuff. And, and I just find it so pure that when you look at children, it's not about a status or a cool thing or whatever. It's just about them literally saying, whoa, what's going on? My son's always has said to me sometimes, Dad, what's going on? I feel something. Mm, uh, that's that's just, beautiful. You know, and, and I think that's what people need to understand, that it's in those moments at home 
it sets the stage for us when we get together for us to have powerful moments. You know, you separate yourself. You, you have a, a walk with God so that when you gather together, there's an expression or a powerful movement of God's presence. So, so as, I mean, you've been doing this, you, you've been doing, you've been walking in someone who leads our church, our church's worship expression for how many years? I started leading worship in church since I was 15, but I did it as a job for 11 years, 10 years. Wow, like that. that's phenomenal, man. So like, I, I, I really, I really like the idea of bringing, bringing worship and a worship experience home. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, right now you've got you've got young adults listening, and we actually have. I got a I got a message from a from a guy that you both would know who's fifty five, right? <laughs> and he he messaged me on Facebook because that's where fifty five year olds message you from. <laughs> um, <laughs> Real talk, right? Um, what, what does that say about me? I'm checking my DMs on on, on Facebook, right? <laughs> anyway, um, but he said, "Man, this this is really speaking to me, right?" So it's not just young adults, but um, let's 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 talk let's talk to to our young adults of um, let's let's make it really really practical, right? Like let's let's really give them some portables and give them some some stuff they can carry away from this. On um, f- first thought, what does what does worship at home look like? Mm. right what 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 is that yeah what, what is that for you what was it like for you when you were 20 22 24 um and i mean like let's give them something they can do today cool right when you look at the psalms right and when, when you look at david and the writers of the psalms you see this theme early will i seek you early mm. early 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 and that's like kind of counterculture right now because none of us like to get up early whatever but I don't think it's about a time. I think it's about first. Beautiful. It's like before I check Instagram, before I check the news, before I freak out on COVID or not, you know, or before I make breakfast. Yeah. That first, like yeah. my Lord, my Savior, yeah. my God, I connect with him. Yeah. You know, Benny, <clears throat> Benny Hinn has this book that really blessed me a long time ago called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And it was just Classic. that, it was yeah. just that thought, that thought that, that he said, the thought that changed his life was that, he realized in the morning, good morning, Holy Spirit. It was the first, he would just connect with the Godhead, you know, Father, yeah. Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. I, I love, I love that, that you said first, right? Um, and thank you for making me feel like I'm a worshiper uh, because, <clears throat> so my, my, morning, my morning routine, right, typically is I'll wake up, Okay, this might be too real, but I'm just going to give you a... a, Here we go. I'll wake (laughs) up, and um, I'll turn over, and I'll just kind of like poke Diana to make sure she's okay. Yeah. I know it's weird, but it's a thing for me. I just want to make sure my wife's okay. Yeah. Hey, you okay? Right, right, right. Okay, good morning. (laughs) I love you. Right? Um, And, man, a year, a year, year and a half ago, I caught myself... Because I'm I'm that guy who has the phone plugged in by his on, by his bed, and yep. it's not even by his bed; like it's on my bed, mm-hmm. right? Before I just was like, okay, I I need to make some things priority, right? Um, it was plugged in and it was on my like under my pillow, right? Yeah. And so, um, before I would check on Diana, before I check, I was I'd I'd wake up and I'd look at my phone, and I'd just start scrolling. It was weird. It was crazy, right? Yeah. Because that's what had first right. attention. It had first priority, right? And so what I had to do was I, I had to plug my phone in in the bathroom. So my phone is plugged in in our, in our bathroom. Um, so I wake up. I prod Diana. Are you okay? 
You're a freaking cruise, right? Yeah. Like, hey, I love you too. Yeah. Um, and then literally really is, hey, God, thanks. <clears throat> I'm really grateful I'm alive today. Yeah. It, you know, and for me, it was more a reminder, like, dude, like, this life is not grant like a, a given thing. Absolutely. Right. It's nothing that yep. don't take it for granted. Yeah, um, but I never really thought of it like, dude, that's, I started, I just started my morning with worship. First. Right. Wow, man. You look at the Psalms, David talks about all the early first hmm. in the morning, you know? And I, I think that's just such a, a very practical place to start. I think the next thing, you know, you give him time first, right? You set that precedent. I think you got to remember that there's so much power and just acknowledging him in your decisions, you know, like he's the way. Wow. And if you want to walk in the way, you got to know the way and you got to listen to what he's going to direct you towards. And I think, you know, the book of James uh, talks about, you know, don't be like the person who makes plans and says, you know, t tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to kill it. Wow. I'm going to record this podcast and I'm going to make this set list. or I'm going to set this sermon or I'm going to go you know, be whatever I am and, and kill it and make money and do all that stuff. And, you know, because tomorrow's not promised. He said the better way is to do is like, if the Lord wills, if God is willing. And it's just, again, it's that act of surrender. It's saying, God, this is my day. You know what I got. You know what I have to do. I got to be a father. I have to be a good leader at church. I got to make good decisions because a lot of people depend on me. Mm. I got to be a good husband. Fill in the blank for whatever your life looks like. But this is what I got to do today. Here's my thoughts. Here's my inklings. But I'm acknowledging you in my ways. I'm acknowledging you in my ways so that you can direct me in my path, so that you can reveal the path of life for me, and I can walk in that path. And it's such a simple thing. It's, oh, I can't be as simple as that. It is. And God will lead your steps, and you got to open to that. So much of the world right now is prodding at us, poking at us, drawing our attention. And there's so much we can't control, but we can control giving our, our life to God and saying, it's beautiful, man. That's, that's worship. Beautiful. That's worship. That's all God wants. <clears throat> Romans 12, 1, or Hebrews 12. No, Ro Romans 12, 1 in the message says, now here's what I want you to do. Take your daily the, life. the Lord mm -hmm. helping you, right? Yeah. Is I want you to take your everyday ordinary. Mm -hmm. So, right, so here's the great apostle, the guy who said, I can do all things, right? Yeah. He says, I want you to take your everyday ordinary, yeah. right? And you guys listen. We started off talking about, we started off this talk talking about all the sensational stuff, all the big stuff, all the, you know, we, I think we're being a little obnoxious calling it weird. I don't think it's weird, mm. right? I think we should expect the Holy Spirit and we should expect the presence of God to do things that are supernatural. Absolutely. Right? There is, there is a supernatural reality to this faith walk, right? You are both body and spirit. You are mind and spirit. And so there's a duality to you. And so we don't want to make it seem like um, like we're tearing down the supernatural. No. There should be an expectation of God doing what only God can do. But when it comes to worship, man, um, it's a beautiful thing. Pastor Mark, you, you've, you've in, over the last couple of podcasts, right, it's, it's, it's been about, uh, I love how you've said it, like worship is, is something I can give God. Yep. Right. It's it's a thing I can give God. And so what God gives us is the big, the big, the big supernatural things. Right. The big miracles, those moments that just, man, grab a hold of our heart. But man, Paul, Paul is teaching us. Here's what you what you can give God. Right. And he says, I want you to take your everyday ordinary. You guys, that's what God really wants. Right. He wants the everyday ordinary. And he goes to say, you're, you're waking up and sleeping life. You're walking around, eating, going to work. All. Yep. 
your everyday ordinary, place it before God as a sacrifice, yep. right? We've all got everyday ordinary yep. and we can all give that to God. Right. And I love that you said that Ezra, where it's, where you said, you know, worship looks like, Hey, I'm going to submit my will to you. Right. I'm not going to wake up today and say, well, this is what I'm going to do. And this is like, as if you held the balance of your life. Right. On the contrary, he holds the balance of our lives and say, Lord, like, okay, I catch myself doing this all the time. Right. But it's like, Hey God, we're going over here and you should come. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, versus, Hey Lord, if you're not going that way, it's not worth it. I don't want to go. It's not worth it. Yeah. So submission is worship. Yeah. Surrender. Surrender. And then huh. it's so much about just the day-to-day walk. Just truthfully, when we think about it, like we all desire those huge moments and we all want the, the bigs. And Pastor Charles teaches this, right? But it's the littles. It's the faithfulness in those little moments. It's those faithfulness in those little things that culminate into that big moment. But if you're not willing to go into the smalls and be faithful and, and, and be diligent in your walk with God, I mean, look, what, what, would, what would our lives look like if we don't talk to our wives every day? You know, we, we go a couple, couple days, a week, a month, two months, three months without really having a, a serious conversation with our wives. What, is, what does our life look like? What does that relationship look like? Not very good, I'll tell you that much. Shotgun. Right? <laughs> Not very good, I'll tell you that much. Right, but then, but then subversely with Jesus, like... Wow, Ezra. You know what I'm saying? And wow. and it's not like he's asking for for this whole thing. Like, you know, he is asking for our lives, right? But how does he ask us for our life? The ordinary, the day-to-day, the just acknowledging him in, in all of our ways and just being responsive to that and being faithful over that. Because what we forget is that we can plant and water. That's faithfulness, planting and watering. Man, sometimes that sucks. Let's be honest. Having to plant and water, plant and water, plant and water. We all want that harvest. We all want to see it. We all want the fruit. We all want, but that's not our job. We're not the Lord of the harvest. We're the planters and we're the waterers. We're the planters and the waters. And a lot of times we get into services or we get into life situations where we want the fruit or we want the harvest, but we haven't been planting and watering. And then we get mad at God when he doesn't show up. But it's not that he's not showing up. He's still sovereign. He's still there. It's that we need to go back and plant and water. And what does that look like in worship? Your everyday life. Going first. Surrendering to God. And so it's one thing to, to stand in, in Sunday service. And um, I'm, I'm going to pull from a song that my, that my daughters love right now. Um, Bailey loves Gonna See a Victory. And she'll just run around the house. I'm gonna see a victory, right? Like, get it, girl. And like, she like, Woo. and so we'll sit, we'll sit in, in Sunday service, hands full stretch. God, I'm thank you for the harvest, thank you for the victory, thank for all of that. But then we have to be reminded that part of that worship song also has Galatians six nine, which is like, hey, uh, you'll see the harvest and you'll see the victory if you don't faint, if you don't become weary in doing the, doing well, right? And, and in good time. And in due season, you'll reap a harvest if you don't faint. If you don't cower, if you don't become a coward in uh, the faithfulness, in the little things, in the day-to-day, everyday, ordinary. And what does Charles say coward is? When we become weak in our minds. When we allow Wow. The, when we become weak in our minds. Come right? on. Wow. That's where the battle is So that's worshiping us. the Lord and loving him with your mind? Yeah. That's, that's the pivotal, pivotal moment right there is in our mind. It's the decision. That, you know, I, I don't have to worship. Nothing, God's not making us worship him. It's not a command. You know, 
he wants us to want to. And I know that's like, I want you to want to. <laughs> you know? I want you to want me. Let's go. Jason Derulo is singing <laughs> <Right>? it. <laughs> I always think about that. I always think about that mo- movie, The Breakup, right? It's like, hey, oh, but I brought you the lemons. Yeah, but baby wanted four lemons. Baby wanted four lemons. You know, God just wants us to want to. He, he doesn't wow. want us to like say, here, God, I worshiped you. I want you right? to me. But think about it. Like the whole thought right there is like when we show up in our lives and it's about time to worship or we're thinking of worshiping or we're at yeah. church, the thought that really comes into our mind, the battle is one in this. It, it's like, what does it matter? What does it matter? If I worship him today or tomorrow, or if I make the decision now or later, what does it matter if I worship God? And I, I think that's, that's something that steals our joy because the truth is, is it, it matters so much when you understand why you're doing it. Jesus is being revealed in your life. Your direct response is to lift him up. You know? And, and your, your life is in submission because you've made the day-to-day choices step-by-step step, to follow God, walking down this path. So then your proclivity is just to worship. Instead of having to show up and be like, biting his flesh and getting in the moment, ah, song, song, okay, here we go, dance, shout, and then, okay, I'm here now. But then worship's over. And then we don't think, oh, I want this so much, and we go home and worship more because we miss it. We just let the world take back over. And it's because our desires aren't set right. We, we don't desire to worship God. It's not, it's not our proclivity. It's not what we want first. We want to be famous. We want to influence we want to look good. We want to have slick ministries. We want to, you know, drive fancy cars. And God bless me, bless me. But then where's the worship? Where, where's the want to in worshiping? And so much of the Bible is about let's have the abundant life. Let's be blessed. But it all starts with, you know, we get the opportunity to have this life because somebody died for us, saw us before we were formed in our mother's womb and said, you have hope in the future and I love you. That's why this life is, is there. You know, yes, the door, it's narrow, but once you open that door, it's wide open. It's a spacious life. But, you know, what about the act of saying, thank you for making that door possible? What about saying, Jesus, thank you? You know, and that's what we have to get to the point where we're just, it's our first response. It's not the culmination of, man, I'm blessed today. Had a great day. Hey, I really got a good whatever happened for me, you know, and I'm going to worship. It's like, no, God, like, I want to worship you. I desire to worship you in my inward parts. Like in the inside of me, I want to worship you. Wow. I think a lot of us, we, we sit back in, in our worship times, our own personal, you know, prayer, and we're, we're, whatever that looks like for you. And our, a lot of our prayers end up being, God changed my life, when our prayer really should be, God changed my want to's. Exactly. Wow. Like change That's that. That's really good. Because your want to's yeah. are going to direct your life and your worship. They're going to direct your finances. going to direct your relationships, where you go with your career. It's not God just changed my life. But first, change I need you to change want my to. want to's because everything flows from the want to. Yeah. Everything. What's the first time worship's mentioned in the Bible? Do you guys know where that's at? Abraham says, the the boy and I will go over worship. yonder okay, and okay. worship. So the actual, that actual statement. Right. Okay, cool. And this. I mean, Abraham doesn't see the sacrifice yet. He just knows God said, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. This, is the, this is your promise. This is, so I think the picture here, right, um, is Isaac was the deep desire of Abraham's heart. It's his wants, right? All Abraham wanted was a son, right? Yeah. And Abraham tried to get a son for someone. You know, all of us know the story. If not, read your Bible. <laughs> but <laughs> start there. Start there. It's in there. Change your want to. <laughs> yeah. Download the app. <laughs> Abraham's there. He's with Isaac. He says, we're going to go over here and worship. But what was that act of worship? He's going to go kill his son? Like, I don't, that, does that, that doesn't, comp, you know what I mean? Right. But then when you get to it, like, wow. God just wanted to see 
if Abraham was willing to give him the most important thing in his life, wow. you know? And I'll just talk about myself for, for, for a second. Like, the most important thing in my life for a long time was, like, I wanted to have a ministry in a band that I was in, and I wanted to help people. It was all good. Like, my intentions were great. But that became more important to me than actually pursuing my walk with God or actually worshiping him. And when it came time to it, like, the Lord literally brought me to the same moment, and he brings us all to the same moments in our lives where he said, Ezra, were you going to lay this down? Will you, can your dream die so that I can actually do something bigger? And in those moments, we look at what we're losing, wow, and that's true. all we see. That's beautiful. We see it's that, and it's yeah, like, yeah. again, that's we're beautiful. defining how God has to bless. We're defining yeah. on how God has to move. Yeah. And we miss the biggest part of life because yeah. there's a God that's sovereign, and he sees the end from the beginning. Yeah. And he knew that that was not going to bear life. Yeah. That wasn't going to bring me to a place where I could have a beautiful yeah. family and all that. I was going to just chase a dream. Wow. And it was in that moment where I honestly just begrudgingly gave it up. And I took a position right here at the church. And it wasn't even in worship. It was in something else. But God brought this blessing in my life that I couldn't even understand, right? Abraham's there. He's about to. He's like really close and God says, stop. And now I know you're willing. And that whole thing started with we're going to go over here and worship. I don't even know if Abraham understood what he said in that moment. But I think that's another picture of our worship is it literally our wants and our desires die so that yeah. God's big dreams and real truths and real meaningful blessings can live inside of us. And that is a life of fulfillment. And that is a life found in worship. Can I ask, can I ask a, a weird question or just maybe just a, a, a simple question? Um, is there, is there a, ever a moment where um, maybe I don't want to, but I choose to? Yeah. And is that, you know what I mean? Is that is that okay? Yeah. Where, because I can't imagine that Abraham or Abram or Abraham wanted to no kill his son. But I think that's but the, he chose to believe God. That's the whole paradigm of the situation. You choose to, in obedience and submission and sacrifice, lift up a sacrifice of praise. Right. Yeah. If you choose too long enough, you'll want to. That's beautiful. But you got to start with a choice, and sometimes oh, the choice, beautiful. sometimes the choice is willing. Sometimes the choice, wait, like in my case, please, 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 I don't, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so good. I don't want to. I don't want to move. I don't want to move past that really fast. So say it again. So if I choose to, enough times or with enough consistency, then I want. To. My heart will change, and I'll want to. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I and that's. The, the choosing to doesn't always look like, ah, I'm making this choice happily. Wow. The Bible says lift up a sacrifice. Of praise. He, God knows that there's going to wow. be moments when we, I mean, we can draw so many pictures that are going to tug on heartstrings, right? Like somebody's lost a loved one and, and let's worship God. You don't want to in that moment. Yeah. You know, you're sick. You got a bad diagnosis. There's so many things. Your heart's just broken, right? You know, hope deferred makes heart. But you, you just choose. Yeah. You make the choice. Yeah. Right? And you do that long enough, and it changes your wants. That's beautiful. You know? <clears throat> I don't think Abraham was up on that mountain saying, I want to do this. Yeah. But he, he respected God enough yeah. and knew that he was the promise keeper. Yeah. And he knew, I think, that he knew if God brought this blessing in my life, even if I kill the child, God will bring him back yeah. to life. And there's so, many, there's so many layers to that story. It's right? deep, so right? There's so much depth to that story. Um, but as you guys are listening to this, I really, I really want you to understand what Pastor Ezra is saying. Um, 
and let's give it a little a little bit of texture. I, I, I love the flow of this conversation. It's very it's very out of form for us, but I absolutely love it. Um, you know, we may all not be Abraham and we may all not have an Isaac, right, that we're laying on an altar, but we all have chosen to walk with God by faith and we've all received a promise from God who is what Isaac was. And we all have things in our life that bring us happiness and joy and laughter, which is emotional things. Right. Right. The word Isaac literally meant I laughed. My, my soul laughed. Right. That's what Sarah called him. Wow. Um, And I wonder if there is an incredible lesson there, Mm. right? That Lord, I choose to, I choose to believe that your promise is bigger than my current panorama and that your joy is is broader and bigger than my current fulfillment. And yeah. I wonder when I if when when I choose to, even mm. maybe when I don't want to, but when I choose to trust your promise and your view, and I choose to trust your joy, that I'm worshiping you in spirit and in truth. There, right? Wow. <clears throat> A couple minutes ago, I just I, I pulled it up and I. I, I I pulled up some lyrics to an old song. You've sung it at church before, but I just felt really compelled to share it. Um, to me, to me, worship, worship um, is really being able to take focus off of me, focus off of yep. whatever me is, putting it on God. I want to. I want to do that. I don't choose that as much as I should. Right. And there are times where I don't want to, if we're just being honest. Correct. Right? Absolutely. Um, but I'm about to read lyrics to How Great Thou Art. Mm. And I want you guys to hear what this, what this old hymn is saying, right? So like, look, O Lord my God, when I, <coughs> when I, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, right? That's, that's immediately, I'm choosing to look beyond what's right in front of me and I'm trying to perceive everything that you are God and everything you've done. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul. Mm-hmm. Right? So then the singing and the emotional response comes from right. me choosing to say, Lord, you're so much bigger. Right? But the next stanza or the next verse to me blesses me because it comes back to the real thing that should drive all of us as New Testament believers as born-again children of God, and as Christ followers, right? This is what should bring the most worship and the most adoration. Mm. And the word adoration is a a big church word, right? But it means like, I'm going to lavish my love, my affection on you, right? right? Is the second verse of How Great Thou Art. And you guys, you can go Google this song. Hey, who should they Google singing it? Or maybe you should come to a culture night one of these days. I'll sing it, yeah. But and sing. Well, he like well, he just, like, yeah, I'll sing it. Yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah, like my favorite. <laughs> but I want you to sing it, Ezra. <laughs> I want you to want to. I Shut want you up. to want us, Ezra. No, I, I want that. you to want us. This is one of my favorite songs. Um, Carrie Underwood, and um, uh, sings a version of this at the Country Music Awards. Oh, she shreds. And it's just, it's so yeah. beautiful. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Okay, Carrie Underwood. Uh, and what's Amy Grant's husband's name? I can't remember. Vince Gill. Vince Gill's playing guitar behind. Wow. Him. It is this beautiful moment, okay. and the Lord shows up. At the Country at, Music yes, Awards. Yes, absolutely. Right? So the second verse, to me, is this should drive us 
to choose to worship the Lord, even when we don't want to. Watch. And when I think of God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art. And that should be the heart of worship, that I see what God has done for me through his son Jesus, and in seeing the finished work of the cross and the resurrection, I see the greatness of God that is alive on the inside of me. And when I remember his awesome wonder, the universe he's created and the new creation he's created in me, right? Like, in that, worship flows, Amen. right? Amen. In that, I'm able to take the definition that we've, that we've been sharing to give worth. Lord, you, in, when I stand in awesome wonder, you have worth more than anything in this world. When I see what your son Jesus has done for me and how he bled and died for me and carried my sins and ra- raised me from death to life, mm. right? Now you become so much, you become more worthy than anything in my life. Anything that's hurting me, anything that's scaring me, anything that's making me angry, anything that's making me uncertain. Now you have more worth than all of that. And I'm going to bow down at the altar of your worthiness. Yeah. You know, wow. Yeah, it says, you know, he's looking for worshipers that will do it in spirit and truth. Mm. I think a lot of that has to do with sincerity as well. Absolutely. And authentic. Yeah, I think that we automatically (laughs) attach our worship to these really pop driven, happy go lucky songs. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you're not happy go lucky? Hello. Exactly. And I, I think that, I think that it ministers to the heart of God just as much when you are authentically saying, I'm broken. Yep. I'm weak. I don't have a voice to sing. I'm angry. I'm yeah. angry. I'm mad at you even. It's really good, Mark. I'm going to choose yeah. even out of that. Yeah. They don't even have a, they're not even writing worship songs like that right now, but I'm going to go ahead and yeah. worship you out of that. I think that the sincerity is looking for in, in times of strength, in times of happiness, worship me. But in times where you feel defeated, broken, like you can't take another step, why don't we level up in our worship? And could you offer that as a sacrifice? Not just in your strength, but also offer your weakness, your brokenness as, yeah. as a sacrifice. So if you're listening to this, maybe you're not feeling like you're on the top of the world right now in October getting ready, just counting down the days until 2020 is over. Could you just try to level up for a second and say, you know what, I don't feel like it right now. I've, I, maybe you're listening and you don't even feel like you have anything to praise God about. But if you could just focus your attention on the greatness and the goodness of God and say, God, I, I'm feeling broken, and offer your own worship to him. There's so much sincerity, and that's the type yeah. of worshiper Absolutely. that God is searching for. Yeah. Someone will say, even my brokenness, yeah. I'm going to make a choice. Yeah. That's all. And that's offer so you know, I'm reminded when you say that, Mark, I'm reminded of Psalm 51. Yeah. Where, right. where King David. Return in a unto moment, me. It, it, yeah, right. And where, where King David, in a moment of not. Not just circumstance, but his decision making yeah. right. led him far from he God. He blew it. He blew it. Blew it. He killed a woman's husband and then smashed her. Yep. I don't know if I can say that on the podcast. You just but did. I just it's did. okay. So whatever, right? Beep. Um, <laughs> so he's an adulterer and a murderer. Yeah, failed. right. Failed God, right? And so when you get a chance, go read Psalm fifty-one. When you get a chance, it's beautiful. Right? It will bless you. Mm-hmm. 
I visited I visited that psalm regularly in my early twenties. Okay, <laughs> on a regular. Don't take the joy of my salvation. Yeah. Renew, you know, return unto re- me the unto joy. Me the, return unto me the joy of salvation. You know, like um, anyway. But he says this. He says you don't desire the blood of bulls and bullocks, right? So b- bulls and goats and young bulls. You don't desire that blood. You don't desire streams of blood and yeah. these magnificent, opulent sacrifices. But a broken and contrite heart, you will not refuse. And honest, that word contriteness literally means sincerity and authenticity in our brokenness. Yeah, you desire you, truth in the inward parts. You, he cannot refuse it. Yeah, you will not reject that. Did you guys you know? know uh, sorry, I get a little yeah. deep, but Revelations four that talking about the beast in heaven and those four beasts that circle the throne, they're they're worshiping God, right? Holy, holy, holy. But one of those beasts, he says, has the face of a man, and literally the face of man is is uh, is a part of the of worship god's literally defined it as worship and face of man is is that part of us that's just god i'm broken god i'm hurting god i'm I'm longing and you look at the psalms too there's besides 51 there's so many times where god lets the psalmist say you've forsaken me you know i called on your name but you didn't answer you've left me desperate i'm my bones are ashy all this stuff right he said but then i remember Mm -hmm. and there's Mm -hmm. that so much that's the important part of of when we get there and worship the face of man it's it God, God allows that because he knows us in our humanness. He knows what it's like. But he says, but then there has to be remembering. Yeah. We can't stay there. There's that yeah. remembering. It's that those key words, yet I will. Yet yep. I will. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yet I will. And that, you know, I think maybe that's a conversation we have later, right? But that, that yet I will, it's, it's found not just with the psalmist. Right, Jeremiah references that mm-hmm. in, in Lamentations three, I'm brokenness beyond despair. This is this I will never have splendor again. The beauty of God has left me. Jeremiah says that, and he says, "Yet I will dare to hope when I remember the tender mercies of God mm-hmm. is forever. Amen. His faithfulness is never ending. The, his mercy is new with every rising of the sun. The Lord is my inheritance, and yet I will hope in mm-hmm. Him." Come on, that's worship. When I place him and I level up, love that you said that, Mark. Can we level up, right? And not level up ourselves. It's not about worshiping ourselves and our strength. It's about saying, Lord, I'm going to take you and everything that you are, and I'm just going to hold it in front of you. Put you in the right place. Yeah, it's an internal pivot. Yeah. Yeah. This is how I feel. I'm going to pivot. Absolutely. And I love what you said because there's, there's people that are hurting right now. There's people that are so broken. There's people that maybe have lost hope and maybe like, yeah, I hear all this and worship's great and it's this celebration. Yeah, but there's also this part of worship that God has ordained and called for us to just be before him and just be transparent, you know, and just be honest and truthful and say, Lord, you see it. There's no hiding it. Like, just please help me. And I think it's so powerful because sometimes people hide that in shame or we think that 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 we're we're not strong or whatever. And that's all just a lie because God is not just for the strong. God Come is on. also for God Come of the on. weak. Yeah. And the Bible Come says on. it, you know, a broken spirit and a contrite heart, he will, he not, will deny. not deny. And also, you know, he's the father to the fatherless. And there's times when, our, when we're just, we just need that fatherly figure to just lift us up. And in those moments, he's still God. You know, Pastor Ezra, as we're kind of winding this thing down, you have a mm-hmm. really great um, uh, teaching on worship being a well. Can you, as we're winding it down, can you kind of explain that to us? John 4, right, we talk about the woman at the well. Jesus took time to just meet one person. He literally went to this well at a certain time of day to encounter this woman. And, you know, the, the story is beautiful. I think you taught on it, you know, this past week. When worship is a, is a well of life, it's filled with living water. But in in, in old times, in, in, the, in, in Bible times, when wells would dry up, 
you know, they would turn those same wells that would bring life to so many people in a village, they would turn them into prisons. Wow. And they would put people in there and, and enslave them and, and, and take the, the worst of the worst and put them in those prisons. And, and that's the same thing with our worship. We have to make sure that our worship is continuing to be filled with living water, that we're not worshiping at the same well. And then that well dries up, not because maybe we're bad, but because God's moved to another well. And, and the well can be our style of music. Sometimes the, the worship, the, the well that we're worshiping at is our preference, mm. is, is the way the specific songs and styles that we like. But then sometimes God's like, hey, yo, I'm not, right, I'm not there right now. Living water's over here. And we have to be willing to, to go where the living water is. And so we can't allow our worship personally or in our churches to dry up. We have to make sure that God is always filling it with living water. Wow. Hey, so you gotta tune in next week. Yeah, we can't shut this one down. No, you gotta you gotta tune in next week. Pastor Ezra, you have seven expressions of worship that every young adult should know. Yes. Part two of More Fight Left with Pastor Ezra Hurado, the OG. <laughs> the original. Original. This is a blast, guys. The O double G. The O G. The O O double G gospel gangster. <laughs> For real, you better ask somebody. Okay, but part two with Pastor Ez, man, this was so good. Yeah. Um, next next week we'll talk seven expressions of worship that every young adult needs to have in their life. Can't miss it. There's gonna be a lot more on that on that podcast too. Like this one, it just kind of exploded. And so next week, come on. Friday is always Prime Day. You gotta be here. Make sure you subscribe, like it, all that kind of stuff. But woo, next week, come back. We're coming in hot once again. Fire. Be the culture. <laughs>